The Old Testament reading is from the prophet Isaiah, the 61st chapter. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels, for as the earth brings forth its sprouts, and as a garden causes it what is sown in it to sprout up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all the nations. For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not be quiet, until her righteousness goes forth as brightness, and her salvation as a burning torch. The nations shall see your righteousness, and all the kings your glory, and you shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. You shall no more be termed forsaken, and your land shall no more be termed desolate, but you shall be called, My delight is in her, and your land married. For the Lord delights in you, and your land shall be married. For as a young man marries a young woman, so shall your sons marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is from Revelation, the 21st chapter. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne, saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel from St. Matthew, the 22nd chapter. And again Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son, and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Again he sent other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention, and went off, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. The king was angry, and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. O Lord, have mercy on us. 
Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our sermon text this evening, or rather texts, are the Old Testament reading and the Gospel reading just read a moment ago. Can you imagine a wedding without a wedding feast? It just doesn't seem possible, right? The two go together hand in glove. Well, this was as true in ancient times as it is today. In Jewish weddings, they always included a festive celebration. Now, these celebrations, they would go on for several days, and there was no lack of eating or drinking. Even a brief reading of the Bible will reveal that marital imagery, it runs deep in the scriptures. Over and over again, the relationship between God and his people, it is depicted in marital terms. God is the husband, and his people is his bride. Consider, for example, the reading from Isaiah this evening, where the Lord, speaking through the prophet, says, For as a young man marries a young woman, so shall your sons marry you. And as a bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall God rejoice over you. Or, consider the word of the Lord in Isaiah 54, where he says, For your maker is your husband, and the Lord of hosts is his name, and the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer, the God of the whole earth he is called. For the Lord has called you like a wife, deserted and grieved in spirit, like a wife of youth when she is cast off, says your God. Well, it comes as no surprise, therefore, that when the people of Israel turned to other gods in unfaithfulness, it was as though they had committed adultery against God. It was spiritual infidelity. In many places, the Lord likens their attachment to idols just as the lust of an adulterer. As it is written in Hosea 4.15, Though you play the whore, O Israel, let not Judah become guilty. This helps us to understand what God means when he says, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. His jealousy is the jealousy of a husband who expects his bride to forsake all others and remain united to him alone. And it gives us a picture of just how serious of a sin it is to break the covenant that God has established between him and between his people. Marital imagery is not limited to the Old Testament, of course. We see this in the New Testament as well. Jesus is the bridegroom and the church is his bride. Marriage itself is to be a reflection of Christ's relationship with his church. Husbands are to love their wives as Christ loves the church or loved the church, as St. Paul writes, and wives are to submit in everything to their husbands as the church submits to Christ. Not only is God's relationship with his people described in marital terms, salvation itself is likened to that of a wedding feast, as we heard in the parable tonight. The kingdom of heaven, says our Lord, may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Now, this parable reminds us that God has prepared a grand banquet for those who believe and are baptized into Christ. To come to the wedding feast is to participate in the end times salvation of God. This is the salvation that he has prepared for you, of course, at great cost to himself. The price for this great banquet of salvation was the blood of his dear son, who was offered up into death for sinners on Calvary. As the betrothed bride of Christ, we look forward with longing eyes to that day when Christ will come again to gather us to himself eternally. God's word teaches us then to look forward to that day when we will sit at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and see the Lord face to face. 
Every wedding has its wedding feast, and it's no different with the marriage feast of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, to his holy bride, the church. And the best part about the wedding feast is that it'll have no end. I don't know how many weddings you've been to where it kind of comes to its end and you're sad because that great time of joy has ended, but it will not be so when it comes to the marriage feast of the Lamb. You see, in the wedding hall of heaven, there will be no end to our joy that is ours in Christ Jesus. But you should not think of this wedding banquet to be something that's far off in the distant future. You should not think of this nuptial feast only in terms of a not yet. Already now, in the salutary gift of the Lord's Supper, as he comes to us in his body and his blood, Christ gives you a foretaste of that eternal wedding feast to come. Already now, as Christians gather at the Lord's table, you receive the body and blood, the flesh and blood of your crucified and risen husband, Jesus Christ. Stanza two of the communion hymn by Johann Frank drives home this point. Hasten as a bride to meet him and with loving reverence greet him. For with words of life immortal, he is knocking at your portal. Open wide the gates before him, saying as you there adore him, Grant, Lord, that I now receive you, that I never more will leave you. Well, you hasten as a bride to meet him when you approach the altar with eager hearts. And the words of his testament are truly words of life immortal, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. In faith, you open wide the gates of your heart to there adore and receive him. And truly, he is with you always, even to the end of the age, just as he promised. In this blessed supper prepared by the Lord himself, we truly participate in the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end, as our communion liturgy confesses. Since our Lord and husband, Jesus Christ, graciously invites us to this wedding feast, let there be no excuse-making like those invited guests in the parable who had refused to come. For such excuses are not pleasing to the Lord, nor are they fitting for those who are members of Christ's body. Let there instead be joy, and let there be thanksgiving. For the bridegroom has given his body and shed his precious blood for you, his bride. And in your baptism, you have received the proper wedding garment of faith, the robe of Christ's righteousness, which makes you fit partakers of this joyous feast, you have been cleansed by the washing of water with the word, just as St. As Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5. In Christ, you stand before the, the Father holy and blameless, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. You are there as his resplendent bride. And so as you receive this nuptial feast, may your hearts be gladdened in the presence of your heavenly bridegroom, Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, watch and guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, the Bridegroom. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Jesus, you have made us your beloved bride by clothing us in holy baptism with the wedding garment of salvation and righteousness. Grant us, your beloved bride, loving reverence to greet you in the salutary gift of the Lord's Supper, so that we may receive a foretaste of the eternal wedding feast to come. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. Almighty
Almighty God, as you took Eve from the side of sleeping Adam, so you bring forth and nourish the church from the water and blood that poured out of Jesus' side in his sleep of his crucifixion. Having been made the bride of Christ in holy baptism, nourish us with the body and blood of our bridegroom and bring us to the marriage feast that will have no end. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever.